Today is April 16th, and this is Talking Yanks. We are recapping the thrilling one-game set in Detroit. We're going to preview the upcoming two-game set versus the Marlins in the Bronx. We're going to talk awards and some other fun stuff. Let's talk Yanks. How would you rate that intro? Uh, <laughs> four and a half. Out of four and three quarters? What's the scale? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys, it's the 100th episode of Talking Yanks. If you've listened to all 100 episodes, you are one of our favorite listeners. If you've listened to 98, that's cool, too. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Even one. Even if you're, even if you've only listened to the first three minutes of one episode, hey, we like you as well. How, how many people? How many people do you think have listened to an episode of Talking Yanks and were just like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is not what I'm into." I mean, I think a good amount. <laughs> yeah, but our fans are the nicest people in the world, so. Uh, so that's all we care about. Our listeners are the nicest people in the world. All right. Uh, I'd like to see a little more excitement. 100th episode and the Yankees coming off a sweep. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is all good. All good. This episode is all good. I got awards lined up. A lot of love. Get two spoons. Spoons graphic. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey today. I am in Lavalette, New Jersey. I'm usually coming to you from California, but I'm here for uh, the 5K, and then I'm going to the next two games versus the Marlins. Co-host Jake is coming to us from Denver, who spent the weekend in Tennessee? Tulsa, but close. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both start with a T and both somewhat in the south. Okay. How was it? It was good. It was a little chilly. We, uh, we played golf before the wedding. Like four, four teams, scramble, a couple beers. Uh, sounded like you said so golf. Golf. We played Jared Goff. No, we played golf. Golf. And it was so cold. Oh, my God. We were – and it's funny because the groom, Luke, who listens, shout out to Luke, he, <laughs> he just recently fell in love with the game of golf. Like as, as of a year and a half ago, he – we were doing golf for our fantasy football draft weekend, and he was like, I'll just sit out. And now a year and a half later, he enjoys it, and he wanted to do it on his wedding day. So we're all there like, okay, we're, we're doing this for him, but God, this, this kind of blows. <laughs> but I was half happy that some of the Yanks games got canceled because I, I probably would have missed some of the action due to the wedding. But yeah. No, we'll get into that. I'm pretty pretty pleased myself. I was at the Runyon 5K, which we'd been talking about on yes. the podcast for a while now, and it was cold as cold, 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 but it was pretty cool, man. Um, I told you earlier that it was an event, or 5K, it, they do it every year, so you can catch it next year if you missed it, where you get to run, uh, you go through all the concourses, uh, then you get to go on the warning track, twice around the warning track. It was, I, I, I told you previously, like, empty stadiums just kind of are cool to me. There's that one right. scene in Little Big League where they have like the meeting and the, they have like dinner in the empty stadium. I'm like, yo, that's just really cool. I think yeah. anything that's a spectacle and people pay to come to like a ski resort or a beach and then you get to see it in its off day as like a local and yes. from a new perspective is kind of cool. Like seeing your teacher in the grocery store. It's just like, whoa, never seen this. For Denver, it'd be Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen this side of you before. So it was cool. Yeah. It was cool to be on the field. You know what I learned being on the field? Left field wall is so tall. Yeah. 
there's Gardner can't Gardner's five eleven. Gardner can't just jump up and rob a home run, or no player really can. It's eight and a half feet tall. Maybe Judge could, but your normal player can't. Yeah. Ju- they have to plant their foot and climb up, which is why it's much rare to see robbed home runs. But I mean, it makes sense now that I think about it. And then right field is eight feet tall, which is still pretty tall. But I was able to jump up and get my wrist over it. I robbed it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> I guess. Left field, if there's, I don't know, an athletic left fielder who is like 6'3", I mean, they could probably dunk a basketball, so they could probably rob a home run, but... Yeah, he has to be tall, but but it's still, it's more of a foot plant job than just a jump up. Can you catch. think of any good left field robberies? I know right field's got a decent amount, but... Melky robbed someone in 2009... Really okay. nice in left field uh, uh, against the opposing bullpen. I remember him and Damon going crazy afterwards. Um, and then Timo Perez. Is this talking Mets? Mm, okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. You want to go into the series? We don't really have uh, topics because it's only, <laughs> it's only one game. I think 100th we- episode, Timo Perez shout out. What do you want to do first? You want to do awards for the one game against the Tigers, or do you want to do... I guess we have to talk about the game. <laughs> it's a good game. Good game. Your your boy Monty. Um, I thought Monty looked pretty good. His curveball was on. Can I tell you that Monty stat line is what I picture for Monty, and it if he could do that all year, that's huge for the Yankees. But it's where I picture Jordan Montgomery: six innings, three runs, four Ks. Hey, how are you? Thanks. I think he's better than that. I I think he I think that was his regular last year, and I think he can progress better than that. Last time we saw him, he didn't have any pitch working, and he had to grind it out. He had his stuff working. He was crisp. He had a curveball working, and the 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 Detroit Tigers are just a sad sack. Yeah, like we thought we were bad defensively. We thought we were a little inept in the box. We thought we had like problems, and the Detroit Tigers said, "Nah, guys, we're the <laughs> we're the fuck ups around this part. You don't come into our stadium and try to oust us as the worst team." <laughs> it's gonna be okay, Yankees. Yeah. You guys, you guys are gonna be good. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, well, I. Let's Wrap just, up with the pitchers. Good Robertson, good Chad Green, great Chapman, bad Batances. Yeah. And I said this on my post game. Um, and w- let's just go into awards. I think we'll cover everything from the game in awards because okay. we're only doing one game for awards. <laughs> Are we doing Pride of the Yankees? Of course we're doing Pride of the Yankees, <laughs> man. Right. Pride of the Yankees for this one game series for me, or you get to go first this time. Yeah, I go first, which really put, puts me in a strong position. Just to let everyone know, this is my first podcast ever recording with my dog by my side because I'm back home. Zimmer. Zimmer, named okay. after Don Zimmer. The day Don Zimmer died, Dog Zimmer was very sad. There's an Instagram on my Instagram account. Scroll down like to four years ago, whenever Don Zimmer died, and you can watch me tell dog zimmer about how when his namesake don zimmer died and it was just you know puppy dog sadness literally literally yeah Uh, no from this game i'm seeing three potential pride of the yankees so someone's someone's gonna get left out okay well you just give yours i think i'm gonna go with debate 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 i'm going with the chapman how about that all right If the Yankees want to get where they're going, I know I said this a chunk last year, but he has to be a special player. The the bullpen and the emphasis on that uh, in the recent years up to now, I mean, is is becoming insane how much teams use their bullpen. I mean, rec- basically for the next three years, the record is going to be set on bullpen usage. And Chapman is supposed to be the best closer in the game. I said the other day I wasn't confident in him. One inning pitch, three strikeouts. That's pretty pretty much as good as you can do it. So, and the three two slider to the second batter for the second out wasn't so nasty. Yeah, he's he's this early this year. He's been more comfortable with the slider, which I don't. I guess I'll spin in a positive light. Like if he's got that, <laughs> the, the fastball gonna be there. So yeah. fastball um, heats up. It takes a little longer usually. I'll uh 
I'll pick him as my pride just because that's good to see. And compared to the others I was considering, him being his best would be most important to the team. So, And you were just talking last week how you haven't felt comfortable with him, and that yeah. was his first time out there where he was like, hey, hey, Jake Storielli, yeah. screw you. He sent it back at me, and I appreciate that. That's That's love. That's love. All right. My pride of the Yankees is going to... Aaron Hicks, ah. the switch-hitting speedster in center field. Inside the park home run. Ever heard of it? That's really fun. Perfect. Only ran it three seconds faster than I ran mine. So yeah. what's that tell you, Hicks? Maybe he speed up a little bit. Um, and we then didn't have spikes. We didn't even have spikes, yeah. And I didn't run. I hadn't run the bases in 10 years, and I was only three seconds slower than Hicks. Man, it's looking better and better for me every second. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and there's a video of me running the bases. It's pathetic. But that's good. I mean, if, if Hicks gets hot, uh, inside the park home run was a nice shot. Outside the park home run was a really nice shot. He pimped it like he always does with, uh, I think it's a bat drop. It's not a bat flip, just a straight bat drop. Good night for Hicks. And that's what we want to see, right? I mean... I'm still skeptical of his, of his talent. Like he, he still needs to do a lot. Someone responded after that game because people love to jump the gun. Something like, "We need to lock him up" or something like that. And I was like, "Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? That's kind of along this topic. Why don't I like Aaron Hicks more? Like Bernie Williams? If you're a listener to the show, you know he was kind of <laughs> joked about being my father. I just loved him." Switch hitter, center fielder, good defense, both sides of the plate. And I I guess he did have a – well, I don't know Hicks' personality as, as well as I think I know Bernie's. But why don't I like Aaron Hicks more, Jimmy, from a Yankees perspective and maybe just mine? Well, we kind of went through this. We traded for him and we gave up nothing. A backup catcher that was never going to be a claw, anything part of our system – so it was a shoulder shrug trade right away. It was like, hey, we got Aaron Hicks. If he doesn't work out, who gives a shit? We didn't give up anything for him. So you never were truly invested in his success as a fan. And then he totally sucked in 2016. Never came off the bench before and was doing it for the first time. It was really bad. And it was like, yeah, okay, well, good thing we didn't give up a lot because this guy sucks. 2017 comes, Ellsbury gets hurt early, and Hicks goes on a tear. Great first half, and you're like, holy shit, this is it, this is it. But then he gets hurt, and then he comes back from injury, and he wasn't, he was basically 2016 Aaron Hicks again, but people people don't really realize how bad he was because the beginning. So I guess the underdog part of it, because the first part of that where you say, you know, we traded him for nothing, we didn't expect anything, I feel like that should that should make me like him more, but, but that's it, not there. Because he was a first-round pick who ha- who is was projected to be a stud who has only reached his ceiling for maybe, like last year was the longest he had touched. <laughs> Two months. The, yeah, last year was the longest he touched the ceiling for. Uh, prior to that, he was just like jumping up and down, touching it every other game, maybe never consistently. So, I mean, I don't dislike kicks. I fell in love with him last year, but since he came back, I've, I've like taken myself away from, okay, I don't really love Aaron Hicks. I like him. I hope that he can prove that he can reach, hold on to that ceiling and yesterday was a good start, so it sucks that we're bashing him when I'm trying to give him pride of the Yankees. That was really rude. I just, I just undercut your pride. That was really rude of you, man. Well, no, I'm saying I want to love him more, but I guess I just need a full season to crack me and say, wow, switch hitting center fielder, covers ground, cannon arm. It's also like he takes really bad routes to balls, so when he makes a really nice diving catch, you're like, yeah, but man. You should have tracked that down better. That's a really tough criticism, but it's in my brain. I'll say one more nice thing before I, I go again. He's a really good brother. His sister told the story on Instagram that 
the girl in the apartment next to her, some men came in and like beat her up and maybe raped her. And Hicks got her out of that apartment complex right away. Uh, and she was really thankful. And so he's a really good brother. 100th episode of Talking Yanks. There, there it is. All right. You give your mother, Yankee motherfucker of the, of the series. Yankee MFR of the nine inning series. Can I cut you off real quick? I wish you would. (laughs) I need a listener that listens to every episode. Step up. I need someone to keep track of all the awards we give out. I might go back and and redo it for next year, but moving forward, I I, I say I'll do it, but I might forget. So I'm going to try and do it. I need a, a brave listener that listens to every episode. Just write them down and like, DM me, hey, this is who won the pride. So then I can copy and paste that because I want to calculate who gets the most motherfuckers throughout the year and then who gets the most prides throughout the year and then the, all the other awards. Okay. I don't I don't think anyone's going to do that. If you do, awesome. <laughs> but my Yankee MFR. Bum, bum, bum. My Yankee MFR is, this might be a surprise to some people, it's going to be Disco Neil Walker. My my buddy who I defended and was given a lot of love to start the season because he's a professional and he just hits. He does his job. He was playing first, second. Neil Walker's down to batting 188 on the season now. 264 OBP, 208 slugging. He went 0 for 5 with two games, two Ks. And again, we're reviewing one game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the more important part here. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see a little more from Neil. Well, okay. Yeah, Neil, in this one game, you fucking blew it. <laughs> one I, game sweep. I wasn't going to give my mother bugger to Batansis. But now I feel like if he slips away, I doesn't get it. Yeah. That's insane. So That's I have insult, I, insult to everyone. <laughs> I have to audible now to give my motherfucker to Batansis. And you know how a couple weeks ago I gave motherfucker to Holder, but it was 70% Boone and 30% Holder. Yes. So it's the same situation here with Batansis. I'm going to split it though. 80% Batansis, 20% Boone. We were up by 5 runs, so I have no problem with them bringing Batansis in in that spot. Like at all. That's fine. He's not going to be your two-run guy, hopefully. Five runs, he's got a little wiggle room. My problem is when it gets close and there's guys on base and like everyone sees, oh, shit, now if he messes up again, we got a really close game when this sh- So the 20% goes to Boone for like putting trust in Dellen to work out of it. He really wanted him to be able to finish the inning because, you know, that's an accomplishment for Dellen. Hey, I know I gave up some runs and all around wasn't that good, but I finished that damn inning, you know? I just went the dis- distance. Adrian! So 20% Boone, 80% Dellen. Because Dellen, again, like, dude, you just, come on, man. Come on. So for the record, on the 100th episode of Talking Yanks, you're saying fire Aaron Boone. Fuck your mother. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not actually. You've given two partial MFers to Boone. (laughs) I've given a full one, I guess. So. No, but because it's tied in with the decision, like. Right. And I get that's we're gonna still give that some early season stuff, right? I'm getting sick of it with Patances. He 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 figured it out with Holder (laughs) pretty quick. (laughs) Right. Uh, He wanted to give trust to everyone. I get that, man. As a first-time manager, as a clubhouse manager, I get what he's trying to do. Yeah. If Batances gets out of that inning, then Batances is like, thanks for trusting me, thanks for not pulling me, blah, blah, blah. So that's where it's mostly on Batances. like, do your fucking job, man. So say the Yankees, it's, the Yankees have a three-run lead, and it's after the sixth inning. Do you want no Batances? No, I want no Batances at all. I want D-Rob, Chad Green, and Chapman. Yeah. Chad Green. Canley's got to earn some love, too. Chad Green. Critters. Chad Green. Yeah, man. I, 
Hey, I was saying <laughs> saying the Patanza stuff all off season. I I don't know. He he like can't earn my trust at this point. Why is hundredth episode going so negative? More happy things. Okay, well let's go to my first award, and this goes for Oh, whoa. You wanna do your first it's award first? Okay, do your first award. My first award is the you guys are idiots for not giving me the pride of the Yankees. And it's Ronald Torres. Ronald Torres. Were you going to give him an award? No. Well, he, he's your see, guy. You're even more of a jerk. Now, okay, so it's the I should have been the pride of the Yankees and Jimmy should have given me an award, award. And it's Ronald Torres. Three for four, RBI. He plays second base and third base. He's hitting 429 on the season. Ted Williams be damned. I Ted I Williams wouldn't like him. Ted Ted um I don't know. I think Ted Williams would respect his contact levels in today's baseball that is devaluing it. But I don't Ooh. I don't I don't think he would like his ethnic makeup. Ted Williams was a, <laughs> Ted Williams was a bit of a racist. 100th episode Ted Williams racism coming into play. He's a hey, Ronald Torres at the same time is his average and his OBP are the same number 429. He's slugging 571. Ah, so he's actually he's he's slugging pretty good. He is what he is, but man, give this guy love. Give this guy at bats when Tyler Wade, who's now down to 094, is getting at bats. So yeah. Ronald Torres, you're he's a nut he's that dude. And so we talked about lineup depth depth before the season, especially that that Red Sox series when we were laughing at our five through nine hitters. We came into this year saying that if the Yankees and this was kind of your and me me's guff about Torres was that Jared Guff. Jared Guff. <laughs> Second Jared Goff reference. Talking Rams, baby. We we were talking about how valuable it's going to be between the second base and third base position to get contribution from them at the bottom of the lineup to start this year. Cause we figured throughout the lineup, we were going to be pretty stacked. If we could get something from those, the bottom of the lineup, we can really hurt some bullpens and some starters and all of it. And man, Ronald Torres has shown what he can do. And if he, if he can casually throw up two for fours and three for fours from the bottom of the lineup when this team gets healthy, I I mean that's just what that's just icing on the cake. Back to you, Jimmy. Well, I agree. He is unreal right now. That game was unreal. Just like poking it out there with these. I gotta take. I still will argue he's a one skill player. My my change is that I think that skill is valued higher than what I was previously valuing it at. Dude's good. We need to make a t-shirt. Mole face killer. I Hello, I'm Ronald. Little baby toe. What should we make a shirt for toe? MVP question mark? I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's funny this, shirt. <laughs> this will just be me putting fuel on the fire. And this this is partially a joke, but we'll get everyone excited. Altuve's first four seasons. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, okay. no, this is all I'm saying. Altuve's first four seasons, two home runs, seven home runs, five home runs, seven home runs. So who's he going to be more like, DJ LeMayu or, <laughs> or Altuve? <laughs> he's, I think he's going to be like them combined. No. You just lost all our new listeners for this episode. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying... This dude's going to be in the league for a while, and he's really good. And like you said with that contact tool, you can – like almost very few guys in the – two 2% of the league has a contact tool like he does. And with that tool, you can work on the other things. You can either work how to get power into your swing. You can work on your speed. You can work on defense. He's, he's going to be a major leaguer for 15 years. I think a lot of guys – could have the contact tool, but they understand slugging is more important. Like Gary Sheffield said, he could hit the ball wherever he wanted, but he wanted to hit it over the fence. So he swung. Yeah, harder. it's a little bit of that old guy mentality too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to my award since you award. since you 
I I I only didn't give Ronald an award because I knew you were going to give him an award because he's your doppelganger. My award goes to this is uh hey, nice job, numb nuts. And it goes to the ground crew in in uh Detroit for just letting everyone show up to the game, act like there's going to be a game on Saturday when the weather was terrible the entire time. Pissed Boone off. Boone was mad. This was dumb. All the vendors, everyone that works there, the team, the players, think should have been called from the jump. So they win the award for, hey, nice job, numbnuts. The nice job, numbnuts award. Yeah, I could have sat home and watched that game also. So maybe let them play in the rain for my sake. First first grounds crew award? Yeah. First. Got to be. First and only. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. All okay. Right, you go. Pretty good. Pretty good award. Yeah. I'm going to give the man like this award. You just don't see it enough. Okay. It's the <laughs> for one game set. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> All right. How about the uh, the the looking over my shoulder award goes to Miguel Andujar. Everyone's talking about Glaber. Every tweet you see is about Glaber. When's Glaber coming up? Get it? Get get the bus ready from Scrankton. Andujar throws up a, a little a little two for four with two runs, a triple and a double, showing showing a little pop. Call up Andujar. So uh, yeah, may, maybe a little competition is is what uh Poppy Poppy needed. I don't know. So is your award praising Andujar or knocking him? Is he looking over his shoulder I as any? No, Jim. I think it's a good thing. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Like, like right now, Andujar has been looking. Well, he's been looking at Torres and just laughing, just because of his stature. And then he's been looking at Tyler Wade's loopy swing and like, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm going to be a Yankee for the next decade. <laughs> so now that everyone's talking about Glaber, now maybe Andujar gets it going. All right, cool. Good. Cool. Back to the game. Glaber, uh, Andy Hart did have a good game. The triple was nice. Double was nice. Good stuff from him. Okay, so my next award, I actually have two more, but this one is, um, this goes to the Most Improved Grounds Crew Award. <laughs> <laughs> 100th episode. <laughs> I Grounds Crew. Jared Goff. I, I, I couldn't even get that out with a straight face. Hey, doubleheader, man. You're at weddings. You're flying. I'm going to the 5K. They're saying we're going to do a doubleheader in the rain. We got Sessa pitching. We got players injured, still not full strength, playing in the cold rain. Grounds crew, they don't even risk it. They don't even chance it. They say, no way are we playing this game. We don't have Sessa. Hey, Sessa, you were supposed to start today. Game got rained out. Okay, boom. Now you're back to the minors. <laughs> Sorry, bud. That's brutal. We're bringing up Shane Robinson. Now these two games against the Tigers are going to be in June when Greg Bird's playing first base. Glaber Torres is around. John uh, Carlos hitting 50,000 home runs. We're in full swing. Oh, bring on the Meek Tigers now. Not when it's rainy and cold in April and we have Sessa throwing one of the games. Great job by the grounds crew postponing both these games. So you just said that this is probably going to be the first and last groundskeeper award knowing that you were going to give another award. It's a long con, man. Wow. This is the payoff. I couldn't even... I feel, I been, feel like... Feel like I got got. I don't know. I have a third award, and it goes to uh, best Triple A player. And it goes to Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. He is going nuts at Triple A right now. Our little Glibber is sparkling and shining and spreading his seed all over the baseball field right now. Can and, I say something? Yeah. He's got to be good, right? <laughs> He's got to be good. He's got to be good. They wanted him up last year. They wanted to, they wanted him to start the season last year. And the best part is, since he had a bad spring, he almost helped Cashman out take all this speculation about uh, 
service time and shit is like, no, well, he had a bad spring and now he's dominating. So like this was just natural. This wasn't pre-planned at all. So that's a kid. He is just crushing AAA pitching. Bored as hell. So excited for him to come up. Then they have him playing third the last five games, which here's my thought process on that. That's, I, that's how you get that's how you get the looking over your shoulder award, man. Yeah, but I think that means they're worried about what's going on with Brandon Drury. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd have you'd have him playing second, knowing Drury's gonna come back soon. They could also feel more confident in his second base abilities right now and wanting him just to be more versatile. That's very true. That's very true. But or I mean, Andu Anduhar could be the guy they send down when they want to bring Glaber up. Maybe just because he's not as versatile as Wade defensively, and he's another right-handed bat. And I mean, Tyler Wade's just got to break out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. I'm rooting for him to break out. I root for people that wear pinstripes. Okay, so Jake, moving on. This is our 100th episode. We told people last week about a contest we're doing to celebrate the 100th episode. Yes. It's been going well. You have a couple more days to keep doing it. Let's push it. Let's push it the whole week. Is that too greedy? That's too greedy. We're doing. Right. You got Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday night, or Wednesday. We are going to record and we're going to pick winners. You got to leave. You got to leave a five star rating. And then write a review. It can be funny. It can be a roast. It can be a joke. Whatever you think will catch our attention and that we will like. You've been listening to us for 100 episodes. You probably know who we are a little bit. We got we got some good ones so far. Jake's going to choose one. three that he likes. I'm going to choose three that I like. You're all going to get a hat, a shirt, a jersey, a book. We got some prizes picked out. We got some good ones so far. The last I checked, we are at 184 reviews. In the next two days, if it goes up to 200, you guys throw 16 of you. We know how many people listen to the show. It's a lot more than 16 people. Thank God. But 16 of you, go leave a five-star review. Write it. If we get up to 200, we will bump it to Jake gets four winners. I get four winners. That's two more prizes given out if we break 200. Otherwise, it's the regular three. That's how we're celebrating 100. Also, thought we'd talk a little bit about the show, Jake, just really briefly for the people. It started out me talking to my computer, answering people's tweets by myself for four episodes. Kind of fun, super awkward when it's just me. I went to visit you in Denver, had you on an app that was like just like basic episode stuff. We did Ugly Yankees, the fifth app. From there, you joined. And we just started doing once a week, once a week. And the playoffs we did after every game, it really grew. We, um, Our listeners have always been super nice, really. I don't know how else to put it. Like, you guys reach out and you're really nice. And I think that's because we kind of try to make this a, a genuine and a positive and not a negative space. Like, Talking Yanks is a positive, happy place. Most of the time. And you guys kind of return that to us, which is the most rewarding part of doing this. So we're now full-time. I'm full-time, and we're trying to be a real podcast. Uh, and uh, you guys are growing with us, and uh, this is our 100th episode. That's very exciting. Jake, highs, Shut up. highs and lows. <laughs> Give us one. Of well, the first thing, I mentioned this to you before. I don't know if you knew what I was talking about, but when we have all the reviews on Wednesday, can we have a draft for which reviews we like the best? Okay. Like, so go, like, go every other. You choose one, then I'll choose yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. I Highs and lows. I think the, the, the ultimate high that jumps out was meeting Greg Bird, right? Yeah, that's not my high, but but yeah, that's pretty good. And I mean, I mean the the thing that's when it kind of I don't want to say it became real, but it's like you you can go. I think the only Yankee I met besides Greg Bird was Moose Scourin, and I didn't know who Moose Scourin was at the time. My dad was like, "Oh, 
yeah, he, he used to be a Yankee. And I was like, okay, he does, it's not looking so hot now, but <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Mr. Moose. Nice to meet but, you, old dang man. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was super cool. And I, just the emotions of that were so excited because we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know what we were getting into. You and me were just being silly, just trying to laugh it off, hoping that Greg Bird didn't think we were huge losers. And then we were just kind of in the cage being being buddies for a day. That was that was just super cool. Um, I'm trying to think my my proudest thing, because it's it's one of those things we're we're not <laughs> to say we're baseball experts, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever call ourselves that. <laughs> we <laughs> no. we're, we weren't great at playing the game. <laughs> we really enjoy it. But any anyone who's played major league baseball has to know more about baseball than us. But I don't know. It's it's kind of fun because we we work the fan perspective, but we also have watched a lot of baseball, especially Yankees baseball. I my biggest thing that I think I've I ever felt reassured with was when the Yankees got rid of Girardi, and I was just calling for them. I was like, they. I just couldn't picture them picking one of the in-house guys that wasn't a known name or anything like that. It, the Yankees job was so sexy coming off of that season that I knew they had to get someone big and then the Aaron Boone thing developed. So that, that felt kind of cool for me. And I hundredth episode, if I'm not patting myself on the back now, when am I going to do it? So, so your, your coolest thing is that you guessed they were going to go with a wild card manager. I guess so, man. Like what's, what's yours? Well, if I was to respond to that one, I would rudely say that it was when I broke the news that Girardi wasn't coming back officially. Right, but you hated that, so that doesn't count. Yeah, I hated it. It wasn't fun at all. Yeah. The high I was going to go with was the Chad Green Critter episode. F- fans like that. <laughs> Bunch of sickos. I really... And hey, spring training. Spring, spring training cool. was fun. Yeah, but I was talking strictly like podcast, talking on the podcast... Critter episode's my favorite bit we've ever backwardsly fallen into. Yeah. Because now I think of Chad Green, and I think of when I said, I got critters named Chad all the time. People really people really like that. The, the Jake can't ride a bike thing has stuck pretty good. Well, you can't confidently ride a bike. Well, can, but, and I can't, for you to drop the deodorant bomb, I think that was last episode. That was guffawing on my end that you would bring that on the air. You can ride a bike, Jake, just not confidently. I don't do either well, but I do. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, you can't confidently ride a bike. Yeah, I guess. I, I, do I just suck? Like I just make fun of your gray hair. I got a lot of gray hair. Okay, a lot of gray hair. Um, my low point. Okay. Low point. Let's do lows. Was after game two of the ALCS when I went on my ta- my my tangent screaming at uh, Tankster on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think what my my lowest moment, which I still don't think was bad, but the way you look tells me it was bad. Was me asking if Judge and Giancarlo were going to get the nickname the Twin Towers, just because it's like a New York thing and they're they big have guys. it. They have it now. People are like actually saying that, so you're fine. Really? Okay. You, your yeah. lowest moment was when you didn't understand how Gumby could be compared to Pettit. No, man. I Gum Gumby's four seven ERA right now is is defending me on that. No, because we have like reviews that are like, how does Jake not understand you can compare a guy's skill set? But not, comp- but you're not comparing their careers. I understand that you can compare those skill set. I just don't think Gumby has that skill yet that you can confidently say that. Well, he does. That's my argument. Well, he's also lefty, tall lefty with a looping curveball. Yeah, there's other tall lefties. I'll get a list of tall lefties that throw curveballs in the league. Great. Show, show me it to me. Okay. Okay. You're not going to get a good list. Get a list. That's your lowest moment, and you're clinging to it. It's tough. It's tough to watch you. The what? That's your lowest moment, and you're clinging to it, and it's tough for me to watch. I'm well. Nobody was watching, so go fluff yourself. Well, now I just posted this on Instagram as a sample video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else did we have to talk about today? We have some voicemails. Let's go into those. Okay. 
Hey guys, uh, Andrew from Mel's Kitchen. So, uh, a lot of people during the off-season were throwing around the idea of Judge leading off, which I don't think is a very good one. But for some reason, a lot of these so-called analysts, you know, were not, I don't want to say not smart enough, but for some reason they overlooked the idea of Hicks leading off on days that Gardner doesn't, which I think is a brilliant idea. I mean, he's got the right balance of plate discipline, speed, and power. But uh, he doesn't have enough power to the point where you have to have him in the middle of the lineup. And also, compared to the guys faster than Hicks, I'd much rather have them not in the leadoff spot, you know. Ellsbury's old and injured. Didi's better off in the middle of the order. Uh, Quinn's injured. Howard Wade's not very good, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think, all right? Okay, so he's saying... When everyone was talking about Judge being leadoff, why did everyone forget about Hicks? I think it's a fair question. Did did the name Brett Gardner get mentioned in that whole? Yeah, on days when on on days when Gardner's not leading off. Right, which <laughs> is going to be a lot of time. But do you think I don't know, you man. think there's going to be a lot of days when Gardner's not leading off? No, I was saying the opposite. A, oh. lot of, a lot of the games Gardner is going to be leading off. Yes, but the topic of conversation in the offseason was days when Gardner's not leading off, they may lead off Judge. Yeah, and I, I'll start with your defense of, you know, Gardy hasn't always been terrible against lefties. Like, that could have just been a one-year thing. And he still puts together a good at bat, which I know that's, like, in 20 years, that's going to be such an old-school baseball mentality. Like, they're not going to care about good at bats at all <laughs> like it's it's just result i don't know do you think and i know this is something that freaks you out more than it freaks me out do you think the hicks being a guest hitter thing is part of it like do you think there's part of the yankees mentality or anything that would be like aaron hicks to go in guessing curveball first pitch swing and that's the end of the at bat do you think that's a f- actual fear i don't know my fear is that his sample size is small. Like we don't know if he is an OBP guy his whole career, if that was just like really high because all of his stats were really high in that two, three months last year. But, I, I mean, my answer is, sure, you can use Hicks. My real answer is let's limit the days where it's not Gardner-Judge down to maybe four on the season. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the year, it should be Gardner Judge. I'm I'm almost okay with Gardy Judge until essentially the All Star break, unless Gardy's really showing that he can't touch lefties. Yeah, I mean, I like Gardner Judge, but I, yeah, Hicks over Walker, I guess. But Hicks been hurt, and then Walker. Let's go next play, next voicemail. Hi, this is Jordan from Manhattan, and I'm just calling. I have a, I have a question for um, John Boy or Jake. Um, so what do you think the Yankees do in terms of pitching? Do you think they're okay in terms of pitching? I think, I personally think the bullpen is, it's pretty good to just kind of, our guys need to get strained out. But our starters, like, I feel like there's a big hole in starting pitching. And I don't know if they can go out and get like, like, let's say Chris Archer from the race, but I personally don't think Chris Archer would be a good fit because I think everyone values Chris, Chris Archer a bit too much, but that's, that's another story. But what do you think they do in terms of pitching? Because I think there's a big hole in pitching. They were good in like the first couple of games and then kind of blew up. Um, looking forward to beating up on the, the really bad teams. Okay, so he's worried about our starting pitching. I've seen a lot of people being worried about our starting pitching. Jake, are you worried about our starting pitching? Not really. Not yet. We, I mean, (laughs) CeCe went on the 10-day DL. Is he coming off that, like, tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, he should be coming off it really soon. It's, man, the baseball season still feels so new like we're still having like two two game cancellations back to back 
we've played 14 games in a 162 game season. Boom. We haven't gone around the rotation three times. So you yeah. can't say anything about the starting pitching yet. Same guys that did really well in the playoffs last year. Same guys that got us to the playoffs last year. Let's pump the brakes on our rotation yeah. sucks talk. And they started the year good. They, they went through a little tough streak. I, the biggest thing is going to be health, really. I mean, I, I think that's, and you and me have harped on this a lot. Right now, the Yankees' sixth starter is Luis Sessa. For a spot start. If if CC broke his leg and was out for months, it would be Chance Adams, Sheffield, or a trade or a pickup. That's what I'm saying. I mean, right now within the organization, there's a chance Chance is good. Um, there's a chance Justice is good. But we kind of know what Sessa is. He's. I don't think we want to see him making more than <laughs> five starts this year. Someone on Instagram, and Instagram is a really funny app. Uh, the people that have like Instagram, I'll just say it seems less informed than Twitter fans. Fans on Twitter wow. seem more inf- informed than the fans on Instagram. Maybe because fans on Twitter have to read words, and fans on Instagram just look at pictures. Um, he he was like, "Dude, chill. Sessa's is solid. He'll pro- he'll have a quality start." tomorrow because i said sucks sessa starting or something like that sessa's never had a quality start in his life like yeah like that he's never he pitched he's started over 10 games or something he's never had a quality start he reached the fifth inning he he completed the fifth inning once so yeah maybe there's slightly skewed just because he he wasn't fully stretched out in a couple of those starts but also he did bad yeah, <laughs> yes, and it's kind of weird because he does. He has a good fastball, and he has that. He does have that like one strikeout every other inning that you go, "Wow, okay, okay, Sessa." Yeah, but you can't you can't depend on that for a month even. No. So I I think that's what's going to be interesting because there's going to be an injury. How severe it is? Do the Yanks fully believe in their prospects? Is does the injury happen closer to the trade deadline? Who's available? What 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 happens to you if Chris Archer's a Yankee, Jim? I'll root for him. I root for people wearing pinstripes, but it'll be tough. I didn't like I didn't like Pineda's body language on the mound either. Yeah. But I mean Chris Archer's like a bona fide all star. <laughs> yeah. I'll root for him. Whatever. I just think he's such a whiny little baby. What do you think? And this this is a Yankees podcast, and this this isn't even a game you like to play. This is more so a me game. What would be in your mind a fair package to give up for Chris Archer? No, I pass. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what my thing. my head initially jumped to like Andujar, Wade, and a starting pitching prospect, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That's know. that's still kind of thin, but we'll right. see. Next voicemail. <laughs> Guys, if you like that kind of stuff, don't tweet it at Jimmy. Tweet it at me. Okay, what was that? Next voicemail. Jake sucks. Okay, see, that's what I thought I heard. Yeah, so that was the next voicemail. And then we have one more that just came through. No reaction to that? Thank you very much for calling in. Thanks for calling in. (laughs) This is Rob from Arkansas here. So I was looking at Sonny Gray's stats a little bit. I think we're all frustrated with him thus far. And I looked at where his pitch locations are and his contact uh, against batters for all of his seasons in 2018. And so for pitch location, uh, people were talking about him nibbling and, you know, versus attacking and stuff like that. And really his pitch locations for his entire career versus just this season are essentially the same. So it's not like... He's throwing everything out on the black or away from the zone. He's doing it as much as he has done his entire career. So I thought that was interesting. And uh, that made me think maybe he's not getting the swings and misses. And that seems to be the case. Um, Now, obviously, sample size is a big deal. But just this year versus all seasons, the contact percentage against him in the zone is much higher this season than it historically has been. Um, so they are, they're hitting him when he's in the zone um, as opposed to in past seasons where sometimes 
they're not hitting him when he's in the zone. Uh, but as far as that nibbling stuff goes, the numbers seem to show that he's not nibbling, um, maybe more so than other pitchers, but for him, he is throwing pitches essentially the same spot he has been his whole career. So, all right, interesting stuff. Have a good one, guys. All right, so good stats from Rob from Arkansas. Thanks for calling in with those. I think Sonny... And we kind of talked about it in his last start versus the Red Sox. He's a product of the ump behind the plate. If he's got an ump with a little bit of a wide zone that allows him to exploit the black, Sonny's going to have a good game. If he's got an ump that makes him put the ball like heartily over the plate, he's going to have a bad game. And that's shitty. That seems like how and he because you know he refuses to change. Whatever. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. At, at this point in Sonny Gray's career, A, he's had very good success doing what he's doing. So he's not going to really make a dramatic change. I, I know he broke your heart a little bit when he said, yeah, I'm just going to pound the zone today, and then he didn't. <laughs> but that's that's who he is. I mean, I again, just stats, those, those are going to be more Jake-driven because I, I like I like getting in the advanced stuff, and if you mention revolutions to Jimmy, he'll he'll turn off his ears. No, I'm a big fan of spin right now. You're all in on spin right now? Yeah, ever since uh, David Cohn described spin rate as uh, Chad Green's got a little jackrabbit in his fastball, I'm now all in on spin rate. Now you're all in on spin rate. So I just, bring all your spin rate stuff to Jim. I just needed David Cohn to make it cool to me. Okay. Coney. Yeah. He's at this point right now, Sonny Gray has more than a strikeout per inning. Uh, like Rob said, he is getting hit pretty well this year. He's given up 18 hits in 13 innings. But guys, here's the thing. <laughs> that the biggest thing I just said, 13 innings. You know, if if Sonny Gray goes out there and he does seven innings pitched, one run, eight Ks, he's <laughs> you know, he's back on track for having a really good year. So it's still early. I know there there is even more advanced stuff out there against Sonny that's not so good. I'll the only thing I'll throw out there is just a uh, hey Yankees fan and I'll, the rivalry's back. Boston does rough Sonny up pretty good, so I don't like that. Um, you'd you'd love to see him get get a good one against Boston to get that confidence up, but I'm I'm not worried about Sonny Gray at this point. He's he's had three starts and two of them were like. Big game starts. Yeah, the the Red Sox game after the fight where he didn't do so hot, but you know the rivalry's back. And then what, what was the other game? He, the Yanks were extra Yanks Right, we needed the the bullpen was dead, so we needed a good start out of, out of Sonny, and he brought it. And he probably could have even gotten another inning there I, or another two outs there because they wanted to bring in Robertson for Machado. There's there's my brain movies coming back. And the, his first game of the season, he only went four innings, but they pulled him at like 80 pitches. He could have went the fifth inning. He was one earned run. He was looking pretty fine. Yeah, so give uh, I, this, I guess my plea to Yankee Nation, give, give Sonny a little leash. I know it's a little frustrating to watch at times because he does nibble. Here's my plea. Give him a lot of leash because he's an established, really good starter in the MLB. There you go. And he's an incredible fighter. If 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 Sonny's a dog and you're walking him and you got one of those automatic leashes with the buttons, you know, you just let that thing loose. And no <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another interesting uh, stat is that uh, Sonny hasn't given up a home run yet this year. So, go Sonny again, go. this is a Yankees podcast. Root for Sonny. I'm taking the positives out of this. He's given up zero home runs. He has more than a strikeout per inning, which means he's doing some good things. Let's, um, yeah. He's just don't, not fun to watch. Don't, don't bail on Sonny. Just not fun uh, to watch. All right, yeah. we got to move on. Uh, let's go into two game set versus the Marlins. Ooh. I will be at both games, so I'm taking these in from the stadium. Caleb Smith is pitching the first one. We've never faced Caleb Smith besides in a spring training game where we really roughed him up. Jake and I give were doing. The, give him the scouting report, Jim. Yeah, the scouting report from the spring training game that Jake and I saw that we did live play by play for is that Caleb Smith doesn't have an out pitch. The Yankee batters were so confident. 
that they could get a hit when they had two strikes on them, that their first two swing attempts were powerhouse home run swings. Every batter up and down the lineup, that was a scouting report. Hey, first or second strike, try to power that ball and just do your big old home run swing because this dude can't get you out when he's got two strikes on you. So then every batter got the two strikes, and Caleb Smith had no idea what to throw him, and then they would just they would go into two-strike mode and like have their normal one-zero-strike approach, and they were hitting doubles and hitting singles and just like roughing them up. Caleb Smith had people with two strikes, and he had no idea what to throw them, that he was just starting to like do pickoff after pickoff after pickoff because he just couldn't figure it out. So that's what we saw in spring training. I hope we see a lot of it. I saw that he his first start of the season was pretty good. Then he's had two like not good starts. I, I'm going to say this, and I might have to stop if, if it doesn't go as planned this time because I, I guess I jinxed it with Porcello, not that that's a real thing. Caleb Smith cannot make it through the Yankees lineup three times. That's from what we saw at spring training. It it was actually it was comical. The Yankees were literally just, and they would they would have a full. It looked like they were guess hitting. They would have a full like okay, until you get the first strike, just pure guess. And if you get it, swing as hard as you can. You get one strike, you see something in the zone. All right, swing as hard as you can. And then with two strikes, there was just there was no fear. Yes, no fear. Everyone was falling off pitches just so nonchalantly and still putting good swings on it. A lefty pitcher like Caleb Smith just has to has to be a guy the Yankees beat up on at home. Another team trying to lose. We got a team trying to lose coming into Yankee Stadium, throwing Caleb Smith, who was a Yankees prospect for a long time. I don't know if we even mentioned that. Uh, he was yeah. in our system forever. We just traded him recently. And then a, a guy named Jarlin. I don't know who that is. I don't give a fuck. But we are throwing Luis Severino and Masahiro Tanaka. So if we don't win these two games, Jake. Yeah. Uh, well, it's I will bad. Jarlin, which <laughs> cracks me up. Jarlin had a decent start this year. He's, I don't think he was ever a top prospect or anything. He's another lefty. I will say, I feel like <laughs> Jarlin Garcia is a symbol for, a lot of not top prospect Yankees, I feel like, have bothered us throughout the years. Like, you just, they run into a rookie picture, and I don't know if they didn't take him seriously or whatever, or if it's just like, oh, we should rough up Jarlin Garcia, and then they end up giving a pretty good start. You'd like to see, just like you said, Tanaka and Severino, you need, you want to see, we talked about the Yankees showing fight. Here, you almost just want to see the Yankees take a professional approach where the New York Yankees, we need to take care of business. Put some runs up, pitch well, play good defense. You, these are games that you really should win, and you need to win if you want to get to where the Yankees want to go. So, yep. All right, there you go. That there you have it. That's the end of the episode. Two things that need to be said: Aaron Judge, in our one-game series that we reviewed versus the Tigers, continued to look very good. His stats are really good. His play is very good. Everything about him is awesome. And the other thing is, if you are in line for a new Yankees jersey, head on over to affordablejerseys.com. Pick up a jersey, $99.99. No names on the back, which is how you have to wear them if you're a Yankees fan, because they don't wear them with names on the field, folks. And that's for a reason, because they didn't do that in 1920-something when they first made jerseys with numbers on the back, so they just don't do them still. Stubbornness is the key to success when it comes to jerseys, and go to affordablejerseys.com and get uh, a jersey for yourself. That's about it from Jake and I. If you're going to be at either of these Marlins games, come say hi. To can, me. I, can I do something kind of rude to you? Sure. Can you name three starting players on the Marlins lineup? Starlin Castro. Bing. R- Real Nuno, the catcher. Um, Real Motto. Real Muto, yeah. I think he's hurt. Garrett Cooper. 
Cooper's not the starting first baseman. That's the other guy that you you would know, though. I thought Cooper was starting in right field, and Bohr starts at first. Bohr starts at first. That was the other guy. Uh, Cooper's hurt. He's on the 60-day DL. What did Coop do? Koopa, Koopa Loop. Coop, uh, bruised wrist. Like we return like beginning of May. Coop. So. Coop. That was <laughs> mostly a point to... Well, we totally we didn't mention Starlin Castro at all, which we should. He's coming back. Hi, Starlin. He'll be he'll be dapping everyone up, so that's nice. Wishing he was back on the team. And Luis Severino's uh, wife is pregnant with their second child, so everyone, hats off to Luis. There we go. There's a happy ending to the hundredth episode. Yep. All right. That's all. Go Yankees. Go. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees. <laughs>